In today's episode, I wanted to take you back in time and give you an idea of what Poland looked like in the late 1980s and early 90s. I was living there during that time so I can recall some specific memories and let me tell you, it was the polar opposite to what it looks like today. actually born and raised in Poland for seven years of my life. I was born during communism and I grew up during post-communism. So communism wasn't something I was personally affected by firsthand because I was only a baby, but it was a time that my family remembers very well and have told me many stories of this gray era in history. There was quite a bit of censorship, also lots of empty shelves in stores, and an endless amount of propaganda. So, for example, some of the polarized values were that communism was for peace, while capitalism was uh, for war, or communism was for mutual cooperation, while capitalism is for coercive exploitation. They used a lot of different tactics to achieve power. They divided people, they spread fake news, everything was state-owned and controlled. There was also abolition of private property and a lot of animosity towards religion. So the first thing that will come to mind to anyone who remembers communism was that people were able to purchase products by using ration cards. So you were given this little paper card. Each card had different products on them. So for example, one card was cleaning products or shampoos and soaps. There was another one for dairy. You had one for meats and breads and some basic fruit and veg. So what would happen is you would go to work, you'd make like the bare minimum. And on top of that, you would get this food ration cards that you still had to pay for yourself with money. So if you wanted to go to the store, it wasn't where you go and you present the card, but you present the card and then you pay because there was such a limited supply of food that they wanted to make sure that people were purchasing the right amount. And also with work, literally everyone was employed. So if you wanted a job, there was always a spot for you. But the problem was that many people had literally absolutely nothing to do because places were just overstaffed. Um, You weren't really allowed to stay home unless you had an exemption from your doctor stating that you were just unfit to work. You had to go to work because the government was quote unquote providing. So therefore, they didn't want to see anyone feeding off the system for free. So once you received these ration cards, you would spend a lot of time waiting in queues. And this was just a common practice for my sister and my mom when they were living in Poland. And as you can imagine, for a kid or a teenager, that was complete torture. It was extremely boring, 
but this was the only way of getting anything. So you had to get in line even several hours before certain products arrived at the store. So for instance, after school, my sister would have to line up in front of the store for whatever it was that we needed. Also, it was never a guarantee that the product was going to be available. And she would wait until my mom finished work, which would be around 4 p.m. so that my mom could take her spot. That way my sister could go and do her homework while my mom continued to wait in line, hoping to get the products that she needed so that she could make dinner for us. Believe it or not, you could also pay other people to stand in line for you. So if you were too busy with other responsibilities, you could pay people through money or even giving them like a part of your ration, if that makes sense. It was absolutely ridiculous, but it was just a very desperate time. And yeah, a lot of valuable time was wasted, unfortunately, but that was the reality. Another thing that I'd like to mention was that there was no chocolate or coffee or cigarettes. There were substitutes for all these things. So instead of cocoa, they used vegetable oil and it's called carob, which is actually becoming really popular now amongst vegans. So it's a powder that comes from a tree. It looks similar to cocoa, but it, it just doesn't taste like it. And I have no idea what they used um, as a substitute for tobacco. I, I think I prefer to keep that a mystery. And even substitute products were difficult to get because they were just extremely limited. So not sure if you had a chance to listen to the earlier podcast on unique Polish traditions. But in that episode, I cover a lot on Vigilia. So that's our Christmas Eve and how there was always an abundance of food. Well, back in communism, people had to do some serious improvising to achieve a decent Christmas Eve meal. So, for example, instead of fish, they would take mortadella. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's pretty much bologna. And they would mold it into the shape of a fish and give it eyes and a mouth using like pickles and raisins. So effectively, you weren't eating fish, you were eating bologna, which is like it goes against our tradition, like completely. And because people had to improvise so much, a lot of the dishes began to flourish during the holidays. So that's why pierogies and beet soup are so popular. You really only needed a handful of ingredients. And during communism, that's pretty much all you had. You had no other choice but to be creative and to make it work. Post-communism was more of an exciting time that was in 1989 and early 90s because people could finally start their own businesses. But I would say it was more beneficial for people who had a bit more money. So, for example, with just $100, you had enough to start a business venture and do very well. Things began to have more color, like we actually had products on the shelves from other countries. But the problem was that it was expensive and not everyone could afford them. So you could probably imagine how some people must have felt. During communism, a lot of people had everything similar. There was no competition. Everyone was equal. And then one day you would see new products on the shelf and people began to buy them, except for you. This is how a lot of competition and animosity began among other people. For example, I remember the first time I saw a banana and an orange. Here, 
And in other places of the world, there's there's such common fruit, but we just never had access to them. Bananas and oranges, they didn't grow in Poland. So after communism, this food started arriving, but the money just wasn't there to purchase them. My mom was a single mother raising two daughters. She was a lawyer and she wasn't the worst one off, but because she was the only one bringing in the money, it was it was hard times. I remember eating ratsushki, which are like these Polish pancakes. You can put anything in them. Usually it's like pancakes with apples and then you fry them and they're really good. They're nice. Or like herring with beets. It was like a sandwich. And we had this like close to every day. And although these are like good foods, you know, you have them so often you just get sick of them. And, you know, my mom, she would buy chicken once a week and we would make it last for a while. So Saturday she baked the chicken and on Sunday she made soup from what was left. And on Monday she would, for example, add tomato paste to make it into a tomato soup. In our household, there was absolutely zero food waste, and my mom was very resourceful. I mean, she would put on her poker face, she acted confident, and you know, no one, so no one could question her. Until one day, I remember, I remember this day so vividly. One day I was like invited to a friend's house next door, and her mom had asked me if I wanted to have lunch over there, and I remember. It was something delicious that my mom never made. And I said yes. And I remember later my mom coming to get me for dinner. And my friend's mom said that I've already eaten because I was hungry, blah, blah, blah. And I remember when I got home, my mom was just so pissed off. She beat my ass. And I don't think I ever did that again. She was extremely proud and just didn't want anyone to see that she was struggling or not being able to provide certain foods for us. And a lot of the foods that I had opportunities to eat, they were at kindergarten. But I I don't know why, but I just refused to eat the food there. I hated going to school in Poland. The teachers were awful, very disciplinary. And I'm six years old and I feel like I just went on like this hunger strike. My mom wasn't too impressed with that either. I think I just had such intense anxiety that the thought of putting anything in my mouth at school would make me sick. There was one time I remember when they opened up like the first McDonald's in Wrocław, the city where I grew up. It was literally like the fanciest restaurant in town and everyone would line up to try a hamburger. I think it was like six months after they opened that I was able to try one. I can't remember my thoughts on it, but I'm, I'm sure I loved it. Then in 1995, my sister had met an American. So she was like 17 or 18 at the time. And I don't think my mom completely felt comfortable letting my sister go on her own to the United States. I mean, my sister, she was four communists um, during communist times and post-communism. I would say my sister was pretty well-traveled. She spent some time in Germany through like an exchange program. But I think this was a little different because there was a guy involved. So actually, we all decided to go together. I just remember loving the United States. It was so colorful. There was more than one McDonald's and people spoke a different language and everyone was just like extremely happy and open minded. I remember I remember one day I was given like a suitcase when I arrived in Massachusetts by my sister's boyfriend. He was like this Jewish diamond dealer and I think he had a lot of money, but 
just remember he was just like, oh, open this suitcase. It's for you. And I opened the suitcase and I saw like seven unopened boxes of Barbie dolls and like American candy. And I just remember crying because I never grew up having any of these things from like having one used generic Barbie doll that my mom bought at a flea market to having so many. I, I just like, I didn't know what to do with myself. But I think that's when all of us realized that we needed to find a way to stay in the United States. And that's when my mom met my stepdad at the swimming pool. Shortly after my mom met my stepdad, we went back to Poland one more time just to close things off with my mom's job and my school. And then we began the process of immigrating to the U.S. I started first grade. I remember loving it. Teachers were fantastic. My stepdad and my mom would take me on vacation to Florida, Disneyland, And I was just living my best life. I was so happy. And I remember I learned English quickly and I made new friends. I loved living in America and I just wanted to live there forever. Once we officially moved to the U.S., we went back to Poland sporadically. And when we went back, we could see some of the changes taking place. I guess I wasn't old enough to really understand what they were, but I do remember people were a bit happier and there were just more things for a kid to do. It wasn't until Poland entered the European Union that's when the real changes started happening. Poland received quite a bit of funding from the EU, so they were able to build a better infrastructure. We had highways, nice sporting facilities, better schools, and people were able to travel to other European Union countries without a visa, which was huge because before then, You know, you had to apply for a visa and you were only allowed to stay there for, you know, a certain amount of time and then you'd have to come back. So this was really fantastic for people who wanted to have a better earning potential. There were also many foreign companies entering the Polish market. So people who decided to stay in Poland were also given a lot of job opportunities. So things were looking up for everyone. When I moved back to Poland in 2012, that's when I couldn't recognize my country. I had complete culture shock. It was a positive one. My city of Wrocław, that was once a developing city in the 90s, now had more than I had ever had living in Massachusetts. There were hundreds of cafes and bars and restaurants. And for a 21, 22 year old, that was obviously priority. And I just remember calling all my friends that were living in America and I was just telling them to come and visit me. And some of them did and they agreed. They loved it there. There was a lot to do. There was a lot of shopping malls, just entertainment for everyone. I was completely dumbfounded. And... I guess what I'm trying to achieve with this episode is that I understand why some people left Poland during communism and post-communism and never looked back. There was a lot of political oppression and poverty, but times have changed because Poland still continues to transform. And from personal experience, it's not the same great place that it once was. Every country has some sort of corrupt government and policies. But if we could just separate that, it's not who we are as a nation. We're more than our government. We're the future of our beautiful land. 
And I encourage anyone who's left to come back and visit. Visit your country. It's a beautiful place and you'll be pleasantly surprised. Prove to the people that have never visited, don't know anything about Poland, that we're just more than our food and our vodka. Poland is so much more than that. Poland is an experience. Before I get too emotional, I'm just going to end it here. But thanks so much for listening to my personal story. It's interesting going back in time, but I really wanted to share that with you.